Hey everybody, welcome back to my most authentic life. My name is Fede Vargas. Today, we're going to ignite your spiritual awakening. We're having a chat with Chris Jacob. Chris is an award-winning artist, activist, entrepreneur. He's been featured in Forbes, Flaunt Magazine, The Advocate, and many, many more. Chris's mission is to awaken the light and love in all of us. He truly bears his heart and soul, and he's a proud member, a champion of the LGBTQ plus community. We're going to cover a lot of topics today, but make sure you stay tuned in towards the end of the interview. Chris will talk about the meaningful and impactful work that he's doing with Encircle. Encircle is an organization that improves the mental health and well-being of queer youth. So happy that you get to hear Chris's story, to get inspired by him. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Awesome to have you here. Oh my God, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome for you to be here. And let's get started by telling the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Oh my gosh, I feel like I am such an enigma. <laughs> um, I do a lot of things. Um, sometimes I get exhausted when I tell people all of the different things that I'm doing. But uh, to make it short and snappy, I am a creative at heart. I'm an artist. I um, create my own music. I'm a songwriter. I write for different brands and other artists, but I have my own artist project. And I, I think music has always been just born in my soul. And it's just it's just a part of me. And so music has always been one of the most authentic expressions of who I am. Um, I am also an entrepreneur. I started my own marketing company when I was 25. And I've been so grateful to have worked with different celebrities across my career, like the Kardashians, Paris Hilton, um, speaker Marianne Williamson, and just tons and tons of others. Um, and yeah, I'm an activist as well. I, I really, you know, think that we're here to to share our own piece of truth. And I always say this, like Jesus was an activist. And so it's such a such a humbling experience getting to use art and enterprise as vessels for healing and to move us forward. So that's who I am. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that. And we're going to get into much, much more. So you've been on a journey. You were living the dream, I guess, the corporate dream. So tell us about that, your journey from the corporate world to the work that you're doing now. Yes, I was working for one of the biggest publishers in the world, Time Inc., which um, they have publications like People and Entertainment Weekly. And you know, it was an amazing job. I got to travel between New York and LA and just like being really in the heartbeat of media. Um, and then my spiritual alarm clock went off and I just didn't know what was happening to me, but I just started to become a really um, desensitized. I just felt a little bit of this stirring in my soul as if there was something more like I just got to this point in my life. I was still in my late 20s, but I just was like, this cannot be what we're here for. This existential crisis just started to metastasize inside of me. And I was like, okay, what is this? What is happening? And so things started to dissolve around me in terms of like, you know, um, 
me being able to really show up to the corporate structure. And I was like, okay, I, I, I have to do a little bit more of an investigation. And so as I, you know, was shifting my clients and things like that, I, I came upon what I call my spiritual awakening or this period of enlightenment. And I've been going through it for, I would say close to six years now. And as this is why I love the, just the ethos of this podcast is that it's really helped me take this inventory of who I am and now moving further and further and further into the authentic Chris, who I thought I was the authentic Chris. And I was always a version of him, but um, it's, it's almost like shedding your skin. That's what the spiritual awakening feels like for me. And like a snake, you have so many layers and layers and layers of, of, of skin to shed. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that description. And we're always unearthing new versions of ourselves. So uh, leaving that corporate world, was it gradual or did you just jump ship? I think honestly, from what I can remember is that I, what was needing for me because things were so close to the surface. So when you're in this awakening process, like you're very emotionally raw. So I know people call it like healing their inner child. So a lot of those emotions and experiences are now bubbling up to the surface. And so what I realized was more and more and more, I needed more space to just really investigate who I am. And so I needed more freedom. I couldn't really um, show up as like consistently as you need to when you're in an office and you, you know, I'm like, nope, today I just, I know we call them mental health days, but I, I, I had spirit, many spiritual health days where I just needed to like chill out and not talk to anybody, like really just soothe myself and be with my emotions. And so I, from what I recall, I think it was gradual, but it was kind of like a shove, like a nudge, like more and more and more. It was like the universe was saying, you have to look at your stuff and you have to look at your demons. And that's, you know, what I did. I love that. Spiritual health days. What is yeah, like... <laughs> normalize that? In, in, Absolutely. In I was just going to say, <laughs> if you're in HR and working for a corporation, please. please. <laughs> I'm so, out of alignment right now. My vibes are off, so <laughs> I can't come to work today. <laughs> so as part of your journey, you've talked about getting to a place where you're being in harmony and finding your your higher purpose. Tell us about that and what did you do to get there? You know, I think like what, you know, I'm really big into manifestation and um, being a creator and knowing that, you know, we are a unique emanation of love, of God consciousness here to express and to experience the abundant life. And I think that you know, so many of us are living in the in bondage in a sense, like we're adhering to these conditionings and programs of who we think we're supposed to be. And so I had done that. I had graduated um, with two degrees from a top private university. You know, I, I worked for all of these companies. I, I, I built a very successful professional veneer but that veneer started to crack because it, it it felt as if I was doing that because my whole life was tailored to to creating that like level of exterior success to show everyone, hey, here's the trophy, like look at me. Um, but was that really what my heart was here to do? Like, you know, and so it was fitting really right into the hand of like 
the patriarchy, so to speak, and capitalism, right? And so I I now needed to really kind of take this step back and be like, where am I assessing my true value? And most of us really create our value based on the ego, right? So it's like, what car we drive, how much money in the bank we have, like what we look like and, you know, all of these exterior things that we're trying to obtain value from. But the spiritual awakening for me was really just dismantling and dissolving all of those attachments so that I could find that inner wholeness and that inner peace. And like, it's still a journey for me, like, you know, growing up queer and um, really needing to resolve like the identity that I am now and just wanting to feel safe in, in this body that I've come in. Like, I think that that's been just this journey, but I think that the more love that you can cultivate within you, everything you do then becomes an extension of that love which is the beauty that we want to create in this world. And I know that like, as an activist, so much of our, our progress and the shift towards social good is an extension of our woundedness, not an extension of our healing. And so I want everything that I do, whether it's creating a business or writing a song to be an extension of love and a translation of love to people. Wow. Well, I connect with so much of what you just said. And one huge thing that jumped out at me was this journey that I've been on as well through my transformational life coaching experience that I had was learning to live as you are versus as you should be. And Mm. it sounds like you burned a lot of the shoulds on this spiritual awakening journey. Tell us about that. Honestly, yeah. Like that's one of the the gifts of Right now, um, I'm in this amazing mastermind group of of spiritualists and creatives and artists and entrepreneurs that are all around the globe. And it's really creating this community because I actually did some research and I found that there's a, I think it was a Harvard study that said that 40% of Americans experience spiritual awakening uh, symptoms in their lifetime, which translates to 100 million adults. So there's something that like, wow, I was like, that's a lot of people. Why isn't this more mainstream? Really, when I went through my experience, I want to start to normalize and to speak about this awakening and this enlightenment, because some people think that they're having a mental crisis or a breakdown. Brene Brown talks about it, where she showed up to her therapist's office and was like, I'm having a mental breakdown. And the therapist was like, no, you're having a spiritual awakening. And so there (laughs) are these like intersection points in our lives where we we're like, wait, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be the doctor. I don't want to be the, you know, the corporate guy anymore. I want, I want something new. And we haven't really normalized people to expand and to come into their authentic selves at different places in their lives because it's always evolving, right? And so for me, like normalizing this journey, it's also really um honoring the grief that that comes with your shedding the old identity. Like there were so many beliefs that I had accepted because that's what, you know, my upbringing as a Catholic kid brought up in me or the guilt or the shame or all of these internalized emotions or traumas that I was still holding on to, like having to really open that Pandora's box and sit with myself was hard. And it's so hard. And for anyone that does it, like you that's been through this journey and like really is brave enough to step into it. I just have nothing but love and solidarity because it just makes me 
you know, it just makes me optimistic that we're all in this together. And I think that a lot of this awakening journey and just expansion and spirituality, we feel very isolated because we feel like we're this like outlier. We're like, why can't I just go back into the matrix, eat a hot dog and just like be chill? (laughs) Yes. And once you experience it, I think it's very hard to go back to, to that life that you lived. Uh, and things are always evolving. Have you? You've you've tried. I'm like, like, take me back. I want to go back. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you've mentioned before that you, through this journey, spiritual awakening, you found a way to live intentionally. Uh, Mm -hmm. is that a daily practice? Is it challenging at times? You know, I think that one of the things that I teach is about, um, being in using authenticity as a key to unlock prosperity, love, and abundance. And our wealth source, our true wealth source, in my opinion, is the open heart. And so oftentimes we are walking through life very constricted, you know, whether it's like, oh, I have to wear this certain thing. And you feel kind of like, oh, I feel tight and stuffy. Like I remember when I was having to work in an office and wear business casual, I was like, what is this? I don't know how to, I don't know how to wear this, you know, like that hemline or that neckline is too, too stuffy. Right. And just literally, but I think for me, the open heart is just something that I've just become more conscious of now where every day I'm, I'm just bringing more awareness to does this relationship open my heart or does it close it you know does you know the the things that i'm wearing or the things that i'm doing am i do i feel open hearted or closed hearted and like just the more and more that you start to luxuriate in that feeling and that satisfaction of what it feels like to have an open heart you can't like go back to the things that shut you down that make you feel constricted that make you feel compressed and you know especially living in america there's this culture of we've normalized chronic stress, like chronic anxiety, like it's just become a part of the the lifestyle. And I think that in many ways, while the spiritual journey has been tough, it also has been the shooting pain to really shift me to change my patterns and to take myself off of the autopilot to really take myself off of the hamster wheel. So yeah, I, I would say that the practice in it itself is really just a more conscious awareness towards what I love and what I'm here to do, because the more that I can feel in love with my life, that's healing for the planet. And I've seen it. I've seen it in the work that um, I've done tangibly, but more so in the person that I am and how I can, you know, create that energetic imprint with people around me. That's beautiful and such a great way to describe it. And I also want to focus on this interview on the different personas that we have and how that plays into our authentic self. Uh, You, for example, Chris Jacob, and also your other persona, Sir Chris Saint. I think, you know, there's so many people out there. I'm just thinking of celebrities off the top of my head. Um, Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo, I guess. I don't know. Yes. Or child, Childish uh, Gambino probably is a, a, a perfect example as well. So tell us, how do we uh, manage authenticity when all of us have different personas that we play? It's just part of our life journey. Yeah. And I, I do think that that is the 
creative expression of spirit as it's come into this earth experience, right? Like they talk about how we're not uh, human beings having a spiritual experience, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And there's something so beautiful about being human. And there's also something so beautiful about giving yourself the permission to be multidimensional. Like, I think that we've reduced ourselves to think I have to make myself make sense to a certain person. So I'm going to reduce my beingness to something that's contained and that makes sense and is digestible for others. That was part of the awakening was like giving myself permission to be, you know, a corporate successful corporate entrepreneur or, you know, activist on one end. And then a sexy pop star at night. Like that was like <laughs> a weird hybrid that I was d- juggling. And, you know, I, I had to normalize it within myself and to say, no, that holistic expression of Chris is truly authentic. It wasn't authentic for me to just be the sexy pop star. It wasn't authentic t- for me to just, you know, run my own marketing company. It was really like this, this, um, this multidimensional, multifaceted experience of, who I get to be and how spirit wants to express and play uh, in this world. And so I I do love just this idea of, of us being in, you know, um, uh, Ram Das has that amazing quote. It's a, he says like, treat everyone like God in drag. And, you know, right now there's this whole conversation around uh, drag, you know, especially in America. And there's this, for me, being a pop star is my own version of drag. It's like, this heightened expression of who I get to play and perform as and, you know, write records for and perform in festivals all around, you know, the country. And that, that to me is like a character I get to play into. I get to like be that Sasha Fierce Beyonce. And then I get to uh, take that off and then, you know, (laughs) sit on the couch with my dog and that's my weekend because that's what I love, you know? And so I think that like the biggest relief, I think, um, having gone through this experience is being like, oh, I'm not attached to the mask. You know, I think most people have a mask that they have to wear, whether it is being that lawyer or being that executive or being whoever they have to be to their family, to their society or whatnot. And I can wear the mask now in a way in which I don't identify with it. It's not who I am, but it's it's still fun to play. Well, that's so interesting. Yeah, the mask versus the persona, right? Because uh, sometimes you could be wearing your corporate hat for years, you know, myself, 15 plus years. There were still obviously elements of true authenticity there. Uh, As you were just mentioning, we're all managing personas, but sometimes it's an authentic persona versus wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. And even for me, it's like, it was very mixed, right? Because I think like, especially like just using the example for music, there was an organic part of me that just loves creating and doesn't give a shit what people think. And just, I'm just being who I am. And then there was a part of me that was like, oh no, I have to make this successful. I have to, you know, create something that other people are going to like and enjoy. And so really grappling with that did create a little bit of, oh, this is who I think I need to be. And going back to what you said earlier about the shoulds, right? So the the more that you can eliminate or at least silence or uh, compress the, the, the shoulds and the, that voice that's saying, this is how it has to be, 
I think that gives space for the authentic self to emerge. And oftentimes you're in the right ballpark, but you need to find your own truth in it. And so I'm actually going through this right now in real time, like really reclaiming my music and my art back for me, because I realized I was doing it so much for, you know, the record deal that I got or doing it for like, just that external validation. So being able to take it back and just be like, this is what I love. This is who I am. Now I get, I feel like that authentic love really gets to come through. Very well said. Yes. And I think uh, sometimes we're also shedding personas and acquiring personas. Yeah. And uh, we need to give ourselves the freedom to evolve. I love that. Yes. Um, Maslow's hierarchy of human needs, you know, at the top of the pyramid is self-actualization, which is the desire to become one's most self. And I just feel like I want exactly to what you're saying. If we could, as a society, give people more permission to evolve and to become their one's most self, like it's like just because you've been doing this job for 30 years doesn't mean that you have to go to your gravestone with that. You know, you can say, okay, I'm done. I want to be an author. Okay, I'm done. I want to like you know, be a, a mother or a father or whatever. There's always these new seasons in life that we come into. Some of them are are normalized and accepted by the society and others are shunned upon. And so I I feel like I, I the freedom, like when actually when you were speaking earlier, the what I connect authenticity to is really love and freedom. And I think that the more that you can find more love and freedom in your expression or in the expression of a persona, then you've then you've reached you've tapped into something very powerful that's the authentic self absolutely absolutely and hey uh life is a journey it's going to be terrifying at times but that's all part of it uh yeah. now i want to devote some time to um mental health uh mental health awareness month is coming right up actually this may be dropping during <laughs> during the mental health awareness month of may and specifically lgbtqi uh mental health uh you've been doing some work in this area yes i am so fortunate to have found an amazing organization called encircle it was started 6 years ago and it honestly has been so life changing working for this organization um it basically supports uh, LGBTQ plus youth um, in their mental health journey and to create more of an affirming, loving, and safe environment for youth. Um, and I think that that's, it, you know, they have that quote about like, be the person you wish you were, the, be the person that you needed when you were uh, younger, you know, and to to be that role model. And I get to really feel this like impact of, of, wow, like, if I had this when I was younger, my life would have been completely different. And so, you know, as an organization, they've, they've had more than quarter of a million mental health services provided for for youth. And I, I think that if we could not only normalize therapy and mental health uh, resources for everyone, and that they can be accessible to everyone, but particularly to vulnerable populations, whether it's people of color, teens, um, queer people, like, I feel like we would just have just a, a completely transformative like society. And, you know, people would really be unbridled to the best of who they are and the higher self. Like, that's what I, I feel like um, 
this focus on well-being and just to work with organizations that are on the front lines of that effort, um, especially because uh, access to care is such a problem um, that, you know, anyone that's creating these solutions for people is so amazing. Yes, absolutely. And that this needs to be a 365 conversation, not just spotlighted on during one month. Obviously, it helps. It helps a lot. But we need to uh, be having this conversation year round. So as we start to wrap things up, um, and if there are listeners out there who are experiencing their spiritual alarm clock going off, uh, <laughs> what advice would you have for them? You know, I would say like you can hit snooze a couple of times on God and then, you know, <laughs> I, I'm i sure nothing will happen. But I, it's, that, it's that like funny uh, saying that first the universe sends you a text, you don't answer it. Then it sends you an email, you don't answer it. it sends you a nicely worded uh, letter in the mail, you don't answer it. And then it's a brick through the window and then like <laughs> everything else starts happening. So, you know, the universe is a self, uh, it's, a, it's an intelligent system. It's self-organizing and it's self-correcting. And so we will always be on this journey of expansion, activated to become more and more of who we are meant to be in, in this divine scheme of, of, of life. And so, I think that just to be able to surrender the process and to to really understand that you are still loved and you're you're normal like this is actually just a good thing that going through what we talked about just this experience of dissolving old patterns and becoming more conscious of hey does this belief serve me do I still have to carry it into my adulthood or can I just drop that you know is this identity who I want to continue to be or you know maybe there's something else for me in this life. And so I think that there it takes a lot of bravery and it takes a lot of courage, but if you could really lean into it and find your tribe, I let you and I talk about this, which is makes me so happy is that like creating that tribe and like that in itself really activates, gives you permission and allowance to step into the authentic self more fearlessly. And yeah, that, that, uh, it's a it's one hell of a ride, but that's why we're here, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well said. Well said, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your insights. And I'm sure there's going to be listeners out there that have a huge takeaway, especially what you said about uh, LGBTQI mental health. And even if it's only one person, it will make a huge yes. difference as well. Thank you for being here today. Love you, Fede. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so so honored to be on this podcast. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. And that's today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, have an amazing day. And remember to keep on living time on. <laughs>